Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to the Philly Boots Rugby Roundtable with me, Sean Phelan. We are back after a couple of weeks off over the Christmas and New Year break. We all had a good one. Now, there's very little prospect of any rugby happening with the lockdowns across the UK, so we're giving your clubs the opportunity to have a chat here on the show, finding out how you fared during the crazy 2020, and we can look ahead to the future. This week, I chat to South West London's Beck Old Boys and Beck Bells RFC. But before we get to my conversation, I must thank Rugby Store, who are supporting the show as we enter a new year. They've been a great friend to us and I cannot thank them enough for their continued support. If you're looking to spend your Christmas money on some great rugby gear, then head on over to rugbystore.co.uk and check out their great range of training wear, rugby boots and replica stash. And if you use the promo code FYBPOD at the checkout, you can save yourself another 10% off your order. So head to rugbystore.co.uk and enter the promo code FYBPOD. Now, let's get to my chat with Beck Old Boys and Beck Bells RFC. Hi everyone, uh, and welcome to this week's edition of the Philly Boots Rugby Roundtable. And as you can see, I've got a, a packed panel um, from Beck Old Boys RFC and Beck Bells, uh, their new women's team. Uh, so we're going to find out a little bit more about them. Um, but obviously, just want to welcome you all. Uh, yeah, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Um, so let's start. Uh, anyone can answer this if they, if they want to, but uh, tell us a little bit about the club. Um, uh, yeah, how long yes. you've been in existence? Where, where do you play? Yeah, sure. So unless I guess we can, a few of us can contribute to that because the ladies and obviously it's Stefan yeah. who's been around the club as, as long as time itself. Um, but yeah, we're uh, uh, we're uh, the part of the tick club that I'll talk about as a men's rugby team based in Ellsfield. Um, we also got Lucy on. I'll leave her to talk about the ladies' side. But yeah, last year before COVID started, we were we were running four teams every weekend, which is fantastic. Um, we train on on Mondays and Wednesday evenings, and um, we play to a decent standard, um, especially in, like at the top of the club. We're a good bunch of boys, some handy players, but um, yeah, just a cracking social club, really. Just um, Great group of people ran by a bunch of members who like thoroughly invested in the kind of the club and the community and and yeah for the last kind of five six years I've been around the club we've just kind of consistently put on just a great show for everyone everyone has a laugh and everyone and everyone gets stuck in but um, in terms of the history side of it um, I've not been here as long as Steph I think a little bit it gives it away the grey hairs but Steph do you want to tell us a little bit about the history mate. Yeah, uh, I, I won't spend too long. I, the, the club was formed in 1930, obviously the old boys of Beck School, um, and it was a wandering club for many, many years. We played at Twickenham RFC, we played at uh, okay. Strawberry Hill, Old Whitgiftians, Old Midwives, all over, and then in the late 50s, uh, we acquired ground at New Addington, uh, uh, which is... <laughs> further away from tooting than most of our away fixtures. Um, and during that time, well, from, from, from the, uh, the start of the club through to the 70s, we had 
uh, we were running probably up to five, sometimes six sides, um, from extra B, extra C players through to a couple of guys who played first-class rugby, Dick Baker at, uh, at Sales, uh, Stan Walker and a few others at Harlequins, notably Bob Hiller, who's still actively involved in the club. Um, sadly, the clubhouse was burnt down in 1976, and we made our first uh, foray back to Earlsville, where we play, um, shared a facility with Battersea Ironsides. Uh, we were still playing at school and playing on, on Garrett Green. Then in or, uh, 92, we went to Sutton Grammar School. We were there for a few years at their fabulous playing fields, but miles away from anywhere. So what <laughs> happened since the, 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 the school uh, disappeared in 1971, we're the only old boys club in the RFU that doesn't have a school anymore. So there's no, we're totally open. Oh, really? Is that a positive? Is that an accolade? I'm not, <laughs> we'll take it. So it's unique. It's unique. It's <laughs> a selling point. Absolutely, absolutely right. Uh, but the, 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 uh, it always used to be the case that old boys rugby was, was, was fundamentally different from uh, 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 the rugby that you played against crops, uh, town sides, district sides, or whatever. Um, but we we uh, we battled through and uh, we we played some really really good stuff. Um, after we moved to to Sutton, the the uh, and post the merger with uh, Hillcroft to create Ernest Bevin College, uh, there were no players coming through, so we we went totally open. The, uh, the club has been open for forty years, um, and. Sadly, after we, uh, we went to Sutton, the, the uh, playing numbers fell dramatically and we were struggling maybe to get only one or two sides out. We came back to Ellsfield probably, well, I don't know, 15 or so years ago, and we've gone from strength to strength. We've shared clubhouses with Spencer Cricket Club, uh, the Wandle, and now we have found a, a kind of spiritual home uh, with the Wanderley Bowls Club which uh, is a traditional little clubhouse. It's, it's, it's 100 yards from the changing room and the clubhouse helps generate the, the social side, uh, helps support the social side. Um, one of the best compliments that's ever been uh, made to us, paid to me anyway, uh, uh, was a couple of years ago, we were hosting a, a charity night at the clubhouse and I don't know, there were 150 people in there we're supposed to only have maximum 80, so it's a little bit <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and he, he now plays for us. He's an old Alanian, and he said to me, he's a friend of a friend, friend of a player, and he said, the moment I walked through this club, I felt the, through the front doors, I felt at home. I've never felt like this in any rugby club where I've ever played before. And he played for you can't a, argue with that, then, can you? You can't. Yeah, that, 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 to me, sums up what our club is all about. We play the best rugby we can, champagne rugby whenever. But we're, 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 I don't know if it's champagne rugby. It's more bubblegum woo-woo rugby. <laughs> <laughs> we're, a, we're a very, very social rugby uh, uh, And that... Uh, enables us to, to attract and keep players um, and they they all add to the, the great spirit that that, um, uh, that exists and I, uh, we're now back up to running four sides we're looking next year uh, or whenever we'd start playing again to run four <laughs> sides plus the veterans plus the ladies you know we've gone from
Oh, we lost him. Oh, Alex, oh, oh, oh yeah. Just lost him. Um, um, do you do that? Do Midflow. Have to talk about the ladies. So, Lucy, let's let's uh, let's hear about the new ladies side. Well, the ladies started October 2019, and it's been an odd one for us because we actually haven't played a competitive game at all. So we've mostly been playing touch, ready for rugby. Um, a lot of what we've been doing is fitness, and that's I think sort of where we found our sweet spot what we've been able to do is bring players who have no experience in rugby at all who want to give it a try and bring them up to the same level as those who are perhaps maybe two or three years in we've got at the moment currently just under 45 people um wow. with 70 percent being absolutely brand new to the sport and i think our coaches wholeheartedly a massive thank you to them because covid's been a little bit of a kind of disguise for us because the blessing has been able to bring people in who have no experience, train them up on the basic skills and also refresh the more experienced players on the skills that perhaps they wouldn't have had a chance to work on before. And I think we take that for granted sometimes in a as athletes because we go, I can pass. I know I can pass. But then when you've got a situation where you're going, OK, here is a drill and you suddenly start to find the weakness. So we've been able to improve experience as well as bringing the new people along. And what that's meant is the girls, for example, who four weeks ago joined the club and bought their first pair of boots over Christmas because they're super excited to play, are playing at the same level, the same skill level and the same challenge as those who are more experienced or perhaps played for their university for three, four years. So we've got a nice balanced group of, of athletes that are all at the same level. And it's super exciting going into 2021 because when contact happens, that's sort of the next the next block of excitement. And everyone's going in, in it together. Absolutely. So whereby you might on occasion have trained a tackle session with a bunch of athletes and someone even like myself who's only played two games of rugby gets a little bit nervous and quite anxious going into that session, knowing that there are 20 other girls around me who have the same experience as me makes me a little bit more confident. And I know I can take a step back and go, okay, we're all doing this together and we're all learning this at the same time. And there is no right and wrong. And the coaches as well have been great at keeping the language very simple for us because I think we take for granted that language that the boys have used for such a long time we would know so they've actually stripped it right back and you know we don't have specific drills called specific things it's all very basic it's very neutral and those sort of exciting times where you build up to that will come but at the moment it's very basic and very new and everyone's enjoying it everyone's getting a bit tetchy they all want to get they want to hit those tackle everyone is ready for tackling yep. <laughs> mike do you yet tell us a little yeah. bit about well in terms of just touching on what lucy said i mean saying how you know, bringing everyone up to kind of into the back into the game or introducing people into the game at sort of a similar level. That's kind of um, been similar with us with the men's. Obviously, having no contact, um, obviously recruitment and getting people in the game was going to be a difficult one this year. I mean, it's been obviously a, it's a big focus for us uh, the last few years. Steph mentioned that we were a few years ago. We were two, maybe even three teams at a push. Now we're kind of four teams with subs as well. Um, so recruitment's always been a big focus, but for this year, I think not having the contact straight away um, has allowed us to welcome a lot of players who've never picked up a ball before. And we quite pride ourselves on creating that kind of inclusive atmosphere, that friendly atmosphere, and that welcoming atmosphere. Um, you know, and so we've had all these new players who go, I want to give rugby a go. Never played before. I've seen it on TV a lot. I've seen it on TV recently with the, um, since, you know, with all the lockdown restrictions sort of slightly being lifted. Um, and, you know, we've been able to have a, 
a, a rugby session where we're not just right turn up and you're going to be tackled by this guy who's been yeah. tackled for 15 years and you know here comes your shoulder sort of thing it's been kind of like gradual and getting sort of comfortable and familiarizing uh, themselves with it and the aspects of the game and then hopefully in the new year we can start to see a bit more uh contact involved but at least they've had that kind of period uh between sort of september um up till now where they've kind of do it in small groups, doing little bits of focus and just worrying on the basic handling and things like that, and then start to bring introduce uh the the tackling element of it. So uh yeah, it's kind of that's how, how you kind of approach recruitment really. It, it has as well as everyone desperate to throw a shoulder around and start getting really uh you know nice and dirty and getting uh getting physical. But um you know it's actually helped us a little bit as well by just getting a whole wealth of people who've never played the game before. Um, and thankfully it's actually gone in our favor in terms of recruitment. We've got a lot, I think we're, you know, we've recruited on our books about 95 people uh, since July. Wow. Um, and a lot, a lot of them are new, but that's great. And they're, they're loving the aspect of it. And I think they've quite liked the fact that it's, uh, you know, it's a very easy way into the, into the game. Do you yeah, think, to give a little context for that as well. Oh, I think on a sorry, typical sorry, year, uh, we would probably get oh, maybe okay. 10, 15, 20 new lads rock up during the summer. And then probably kind of 75% of those would drop off anyway. So to see the numbers going where they're going is just, um, yeah. yeah, it's bad really. So how, how do you go about recruitment? What, what is um, your uh, sort of... Your uh, various means. Uh, so... Back in the summer, when you know, in, in, in a normal summer, obviously this year has been a bit different, but we we're kind of doing um, sort of training on the common and trying to keep it all inclusive and somewhere quite public uh, where we could, where you know people are walking by. There's tag rugby and things near us as well, so they can kind of see people who are coming off those games can see. Oh, there's a bunch of guys playing touch. And that's it's kind of like a pre preseason in a way. It's nothing. There's no coaches there. It's just a bunch of guys in the park playing, having some fun, getting to know each other. And then we start introducing the pre-season element of it. So we start going, right, this is a bit more structure. This is how we're going to play the season. Um, so they're, they're, that's that's a real big with a big one with recruitment. Um, and social media as well. We've uh, we put posters. I think we've we've sent a couple um, to you, Sean, um, over the over the past few months. We, we, we try and do a new poster, a new recruitment poster every so often, keep it fresh. We've done a recruitment video as well, well, promotional video of what we do and where we're doing it. And particularly incorporating all the uh, the COVID regulations and the hand sanitizing, all that to try and just make everyone feel like this is going to be a safe environment for you to learn it in the in these sort of in the current climate. Um, and yeah, and just and just being quite active so on, on a social media standpoint, obviously, there's no rugby games going on at the moment. So we need to try and make sure that we're busy and we're doing something. Um, so and we did things which Jake can uh, could probably talk a bit more about. Um, the Strava, uh, the tour we did to Athens. Uh, yeah, so, um, yeah, I think the other thing, the untapped resource that we have in terms of recruitment is just the people's personal network. I think probably every club in Southwest London says it, but everyone went to school with someone. Who's moved, that's a transient place. <laughs> People are just dropping in and out all the time. And it's like, oh, I know this lad, I know, or I know this girl or whatever. And that's been a massive one recruitment wise. But yeah, the Strava thing that, that Mike mentioned was just an initiative that we, we run twice now. The Bells did a, a bigger one than we did. So I guess that means that they're fitter. But we were supposed to be going to tour to uh, Athens this year. Obviously, we couldn't go. Um, so instead of just kind of giving up on that dream, we just kind of just pounded the pavements, ran the miles. Um, some people jumped on the bike and we traveled the distance uh, to Athens. Uh, and we just tracked it all in a Strava group, which not so much, I guess, recruitment, but just a cracking way to keep everyone engaged in the club um, during this time and keeping everyone involved. And a lot of people 
play sport, especially at this level that we're at, for kind of the, that that purpose of making some friends and being involved in that team environment. So as much as we couldn't actually kind of go to the pub as, as we normally would, we were still able to kind of get behind each other and and yet yeah, all kind of fight towards a, a common goal, which, yeah, we got, we got great feedback for, and it was just fun to be part of, to be honest. Sounds horrendous. When we planned it out, we, we worked out the miles, and I was like, oh my God, I'm going to have to run 100 miles in the next two weeks. But, um, but yeah, luckily, um, more people getting involved, and it was all right. Yeah, well, I, think, I think we had on the... Sorry, Stephen. Sorry, the, 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 the tour to Athens, I mean, it's, it's worthwhile noticing. We are a local pub and we supported the Wimbledon Dons football, uh, lo local children's charity. Yeah. I mean, we raised about 15 or 1600 pounds. Amazing. Uh, just for the community. It wasn't for the club, it wasn't for us, it was yeah. for other people. And I think that reflects on the membership of the club as well. But not only did they want to do something for the pub to, to, to maintain contact with everybody and also uh, it's a sports club so it's competitive as well you know it's another couple of miles since we did this but, but we, uh, we, we helped to to raise some cash for uh, uh, for local children and that was under the umbrella of so the the Wimbledon Dons charity it was still out were still out there collecting uh, uh, bucket raffling outside Sainsbury um, for the last couple of months I think so uh, so well done to everybody who uh, who uh, did a few miles and chucked a few pounds into the uh, into the bucket as well yeah brilliant absolutely superb um so so Stefan how, how did you manage to keep people engaged uh during sort of the lockdown periods well the the the, the great thing about uh the club is um, um, we have some some um, uh, really good facilities. So uh, our playing field is the the Ashcroft Academy Sports Field in uh, in uh, um, Open View, but what, um, which is great, and that's where we get the hill from because it, <laughs> it's not very level. Uh, but uh, one of the great things that has enabled us to attract and keep players is first of all the quality of the coaching team, and secondly the facilities and what we have been able to do over the last couple of years uh, is to invest in in some fair, uh, fairly useful uh, portable frog lights so now instead of just using the borrowed lights from uh, borrowed light from the all-weather hockey pitch which <laughs> cast, cast shadows everywhere uh, um, we 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 uh, we have the the um, ability to have uh, or three, three nightly uh, uh, sessions, coaching sessions, which are adequately lit, uh, which encourages people to come anyway, but also it's the quality of, of the coaches. Um, and um, because we, we, we uh, and I'm getting this from, from, from uh, players and from, from seeing what's going on, seeing the numbers, because probably enough, I don't play anymore, so I don't trade. <laughs> this is your opportunity, sir. I'm going to lie. I remember scrumming down with you not so long ago, Stephen. Because we have we have good good quality coaching uh, 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 coaches and players who help the coaches, 
that they are that those players are very good players and they're very um, uh, as we say they have the vocabulary to be able to teach players who have never played the game before and Lucy touched on this they strip back the language so it's not all technical rugby language it's all, there's no point in talking in jargon to people who don't understand so what the coaches it seems to me have had to, to think about how they how they explain what's going on uh, so that people who are new to the game can understand what it is that they're supposed to be doing and if they can understand what's being uh, uh, said to them and then can can uh, do the start doing the drills, understanding why they're doing the drills. Then that encourages them to keep on coming back because they're enjoying it. And I, uh, uh, I'll, I'll always come back to that. We are a social club, and, and we want to attract as many people as we can to enjoy not just the sport, but the, the social life that's uh, 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 attached to it. And that sociability, if you like, flows through. It's not just the drinking in the bar. It's the camaraderie that, that is created when you're when you're being when you're training together and being coached to become better players. That all helps, and that uh, I think helps build the 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 the, um, uh, the club spirit. And, and so long as we, we we maintain that kind of approach, and I think we will benefit. Um, whether or not uh, other people are doing the same thing, I don't know. We, we, I can only talk about this club, and I can see what we are doing. And given the numbers who are signing up to training, it, we must be doing something right. <laughs> yeah, I think particularly this year, um, it's just been so important that those opportunities where we can get all of these people together—that's a lot of people's only chance to interact with other people outside of their household. So I think it's just, although it's we all have a laugh and we and we it's fun to get to training. There's kind of the mental health aspect of it where it's a lot of people's opportunity that week to socialise with others, which is so so important, like all the time, but kind of particularly this year with everything that's been going on. So is that what personally is that what you've missed the camaraderie? Yeah, I think so, definitely. I like I'm really fortunate to have, have kind of great people around me in my life, but but yeah, I'm a social I'm a social guy. I love being at the club. I've a bunch of mates there um and yeah that's a huge part of a uh, huge part of why i've kind of maintained playing at Beck for the last five years is because um yeah some of my best mates in london i've met through the club and um yeah getting to see those guys a couple of times a week uh yeah it's always just an absolute like great crack and yeah you miss that sort of stuff when you when you don't get exposed to it which we've, which we've all missed out on this year yeah i mean I, just adding on that i think there's there just, there just go on so I just think I think I think when you you know when everything is up and running like you know given that we do we train Monday we train Wednesday we play Saturday and we drink Saturday night you know it's a big part of our it's a big part of the week really you know Saturday night Saturday is definitely the day you look forward to but yeah we do kind of see a lot of these guys more often than you probably see your own family members well definitely over more than your own family members but you do see them a lot and you, you know you, you kind of when you when that's all taken away um, there is a huge void. You know, in terms of what you do in the week, and I don't, I don't know about anybody else, but I know my weekends up from September have been so, so empty. Trying to find, I don't remember last. Time I've had a Saturday where I've had not played rugby or done something or been to the pub with mates and stuff because it's not been there. So it's definitely something that's been missed. Hundred percent, Lucy. I was just about to touch. We've sort of touched on this already, but how how do you keep forty five players that have never played a rugby match engaged, especially over a, a lockdown 
situation. Yeah, it's not a not an easy task, and I'm sure the coaches will second that. But I think what we've been able to do is create a really good group of girls who are all working towards the same objective. And the coaches have been quite clear, and obviously Beck have been quite clear on what we want to be achieving in the next sort of season, and that's get ourselves in a league. And ultimately, in order to do that, we've got to play seven games. Um, we've got to have a full bench of subs to go um, and we've got to have girls who actually enjoy doing and playing the game. Um, so with training we've done through COVID, we've done a lot of online sessions as well. So even though we haven't been able to do our Thursday female only session, we've been able to put that online. I think the coaches made a fantastic decision. Um, what we did last year is we had both the men and women being coached on the same evenings. And sometimes on occasion, that meant that the girls who were less experienced were just not turning up and they weren't enjoying it. And they still wanted to be part of the team, but they just didn't want to be running around with a six foot five guy next to them. You know, they wanted to be amongst their peers. So what we did was we kept the club session on a Monday, which is fitness focused. And then we have a women's only session on a Thursday. And that's actually meant that more girls, especially when they're talking to their friends and saying, well, why don't you give it a try? They all come down on the Thursday and they they absolutely love it. Um, and they they feel a little bit less self-conscious than, than perhaps a, a guy would in that situation. And that, I think that's really, really engaged the group of girls that we've got. And also it's meant that those who are less experienced actually start talking more in their networks and, and engaging more which is a big, big plus for us because it means that the the three girlfriends that they go and have a wine with might be the three girls that next week come down and one out of the three go, oh my God, I've never done sport before and I absolutely love this and, and she stays on and that's what we're trying to achieve is that kind of ripple effect of everyone doing something brand new, enjoying it and, and trying it again. Oh, definitely. Sounds amazing. Uh, just a oh, sort of lo lockdown then. Um, did the club suffer at all sort of revenue wise um or anything like that because you know there's no clubhouse being used or, or anything like that have, have the did the club sort of lose anything um i mean we a lot of our sort of you know the finances come from the players and the subs um and because that was why you know we sort of thought about recruitment being a big focus but also retention as well and trying to attain those boys. And obviously, when we get people in, it's just trying to get them, make them feel welcome. And leading that, you know, they start getting them paid up on subs. And that's kind of yeah. what our club is a lot run on. We do obviously have sponsors um, as well. We've got um, Trams IT. We've got uh, Palace Gate Lettings. Um, the Bells and Lucy's uh, just orchestrated to have uh, Delphi's, which is, um, Lucy, I'm sorry, in a minute, you can give a bit more information about what they do as well, but they're, uh, um, they've been able to sponsor us. So we do have sponsors as well, but like I say, it comes a lot from the, from the subs and because people have been happy to pay the subs towards the clubs to keep the club running. And that's going what Stefan said about, you know, we're all volunteers. We're all, we're all chipping in here. There's the, you know, there's no one hiding away. It's all, everyone chips in to keep this club going. And that's where it's, it's been okay. Obviously the, the finances from behind the bar, there haven't been any, um, but like I say, that's, you know, a lot of it has come from the and sort of the donations of the players in the club because we all just put back into it voluntarily. Yeah, and add, adding to that as well, talking of sponsors, we were speaking sort of at the start of the season about what, what do we do with the Bells? Do we bring in a new sponsor? Do we keep our other sponsors? And we felt it was only fair that Bells had their own main sponsor. Um, and so we engaged with Delphus Eco, which is a producer of cleaning chemicals. Um, they have supplied us and sponsored us with all of our hand sanitizer and um, surface sanitizers for all our games and, and training sessions and what that's meant is is that money that we otherwise in this situation wouldn't have had has gone towards kit equipment 
coaching support online stuff that we've been doing and and actually that that's been a massive support for us and I think similarly to the men as as, as Mike has said that those sponsors that in these hard times have stepped up and said we can still give you this means that they obviously care about keeping grassroots rugby going and that that's super super important for us that's brilliant that's brilliant because uh, yeah it could have quite easily gone the other way uh and yeah, everyone's in the same boat uh but have you had any players uh, sort of during the during the sort of the time say that they wouldn't play again perhaps because of the pandemic or, or anything like that or um i've had we've had, we've had a, a, a couple who've voiced their concerns i think having i think the big concern for me as well um is having that much time away from the contact mm. you know yeah. that's, that's always been a big concern you know it would be you know the last time we played was march Sort of thing of playing of actually tacking someone and rucking and lineouts and all those kinds of things. Um, having that long that time of away from that kind of resistance sort of part of the aspect of the game, uh, I think has uh, it's bring up a few flags in people's minds. That I mean, there's talk about it. I think at this point, it's you know now that hopefully I know there's an, an, another announcement coming shortly, but hopefully, obviously, the we can start introducing some element of contact and getting back into it slowly. That that will you know people will get back into it and that will change. Um, in terms, but we had, you know, the other thing with the, with the lockdown is that people don't need to necessarily live in London anymore, which is another, which can be a bit reported. Don't need to live near the local area anymore. People have moved away. People have moved back home for whatever reason. So that we've been very aware of that. And um, but that's just something that we can't control. That's obviously a decision they're making in their personal lives and stuff about not having to live in London and pay with the living costs and stuff. But um, it's just trying to keep. As many of the guys, you know, motivated and keen to play as possible. And like I say most people are still, we've got lots of young guys in the club who've just moved to London for work reasons and just moved to the area. So hopefully they're going to stick around for a long time and that will keep the club going uh, in the in the same direction it is going now. And, and even if they don't, I've certainly met people at the clubhouse who have moved away, played for another club, but they always remember Beck and they always love the hill and, the one thing we can give every athlete that comes through our, our doors is that love of the game and they'll always carry that with them no matter where they end up they'll always go oh I played for Beck in you know 1970 or whenever it was and and that's in that if we can give that to every person that that plays for us then we've done our job definitely one of the interesting benefits I don't know how many people it would affect those who have had niggling or long-term injuries leading up to to uh, lockdown have now had uh, it will benefit them because they're not involved in concert they're doing the keep fit and all rest of it so actually they'll uh there'll be a, a, a whole bunch of players who not having played for a year when they do start back again they've actually had a year off so that they that, that their bodies won't be ruined <laughs> <laughs> they're getting a renaissance of Steph is that what you're suggesting you're going to be back <laughs> sounds like it <laughs> yeah, yeah maybe, maybe there's another comeback where people are just um missing out on so much for so long that they're going to think Do you know what i'd already given up on rugby i thought it i thought it my time was done but but now i've had such a bleak year where i've not been able to do anything any opportunity that i get to to go and do something that i enjoy or I take any sort of fun from i'm gonna get sucked back into it so yeah hopefully we'll and all that exactly Exactly. All right, then. But look, let's let's uh, let's look ahead for for 2012. Then, um, well, not 2012. That was 10 years ago. Uh, <laughs> 2021. I don't know what day it is. Better um, <laughs> in 2021. Uh, we'll start with Mike. Um, 
hopes and fears for, for either grassroots rugby or or um or the club in, in 2021? Uh in general rugby, I mean at the moment things are going in the right direction that we're starting to introduce aspects of the game that we're familiar with. Um my big fear, I guess, is is anything gonna change after all this? Are they gonna ch- I know the uh you know with the no the malls and then in terms of how you play around the breakdown and things like that, you know, I know it's gonna speed the game up a lot. It's gonna be a lot of quicker rugby. Is it going to change the way it's kind of played? Um, you never know. I don't know. You know, you, you have to see what have to see what happens. Hopefully, it doesn't change too much because I think there's so many aspects of the game which, you know, whether you like them or not, they're they're part of rugby union. You know, they're not any, any, uh, an amalgamation of other sports and other principles. So hopefully, that stays the same. In terms of our our club, hope yeah, I say we've we've done. I think we've done very very well um, uh, in the committee in terms of. Uh, keeping the club active, keeping it busy, both on the social part and um, the coaches doing fantastically well with organising training and making sure it's COVID safe. So having separate groups and the lights and obviously building the bells, which has been a really big focus for us as well. So we just hope that continues. Um, and we and we hope we still, we, we give off that impression that we are a very, very welcoming club and we're going to keep welcoming brand new people to the club and maybe people who've like say, like Jake said, who thought, "Oh, rugby!" I thought I'd hang my boots up. But actually, I've had a lot of time to think about it. I much want to give it a go and give it a go in a bunch in a club that's really fun, and very welcoming, and we're kind of like a very tight knit family. So that's kind of our hope for it, and I'm hope we're going to steer in that direction, really. And Lucy and the bells. Um, my hope is that we keep growing. I'd love to see a seconds and a thirds from the bells in the next couple of seasons. Um, hopefully, my fears definitely sits with I hope that women's rugby continues to get the visibility that it so well deserves given how successful things have been for the squads over the last couple of years and I hope that when there are and touch wood there are no decisions yet for anything to be scrapped but if it is it's not women's rugby and the sponsorship and support that goes into it and I hope that that continues to remain as it is because that visibility having women's rugby on on the BBC for example the amount of messages I got from individuals saying oh my goodness I have never watched that game and it was brilliant to get that will only help grassroots rugby grow and grow and more women participate. And not only that, but if you think about the juniors coming through the ranks as well, we'll have girls all over the country wanting to play. And so I just hope that that, that continues. 100%. 100%. Over, was it 2 million people in two games watch, watch the yeah. England-France games? That can only be good. Uh, can only be a good thing. Uh, Stefan, hope and a fear for, for, for rugby or, or Becker old boys? Uh, well, uh, my my, uh, my fear is not about the club at all because we we have demonstrated to ourselves and to other people that we are strong enough as a core group and uh, as a club to be able to keep on going. My 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 fears are other clubs are that have they been as fortunate as us in terms of location um so that we're, we're in a great catchment area uh for for rugby the the the, uh, the sad thing is there were a number of clubs last year who were suffering who weren't able to get sides out we've seen some big clubs a big old boys clubs if you were you know, five ten years ago were running five and six sides and now struggling to get one one or two teams out Will they be able to ride the storm and then be and then still actually exist next year? That's my fear that there may be fewer clubs playing 
uh, or there may be the same number of clubs with fewer players, so there, there are fewer sides. So if we're in a position where we can get four teams out every week, and as a fixture secretary, would I be able to find any opposition for them? That, that, that is my fear. My, my, my fear about the game in, in uh, overall, uh, this business about the concussion injuries and now how everybody seems to be jumping on the bandwagon to sue somebody. It's a contact sport. You, if you get a whack on the head, you don't have to play. But that's one of the problems with professionalism. That the, 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 the players were forced to keep on playing even when they shouldn't have been. So, or, or, or were they hiding injuries to go out in the field to fill their boots, if you like, with cash? And I, I, uh, uh, that is a big concern because the nature of the game may change if, if all of the governing bodies have to end, end up paying out tens of millions of pounds in damages. Uh, and once you get insurance companies involved, they'll be looking to make claims all over the place. That's going to have an impact on youth rugby, mini rugby, and then it will come all the way through. So who knows what style of rugby we'll have to play over the next couple of years. Now, rugby itself evolves. It's not the same as it was when I played. Um, a couple of years before I was playing, you had to play the ball with your foot after a tackle. <laughs> yeah, uh, the the uh, scrummage has changed out of all recognition. Um, Line-outs, the whole... Uh, the, the, the area aspects of forward play have completely changed over the, uh, uh, over the last 40 odd years uh, and, and uh, even more so probably in the last 10. And there will be more change and that will change the way that the game is played. But fundamentally, a contact sport appe appeals to people who like contact. They like uh, 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 I spent my life trying to avoid it, Steph. Well, well that's the thing, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's great. All, all backs is space. They, they shouldn't be. They shouldn't. They shouldn't be running into players opposite them. You know, leave that to the forwards. You know, and, and let the backs run around and and uh, keep their shorts clean and and <laughs> just have, have the hair the hair trailing behind them as they scorch through at hundred miles an hour and just leave the donkey work. <laughs> Big lumps, yeah. <laughs> but all the big lumps exist in ten years' time. Don't know. Don't know how the um, my, my, um, th th this club will continue. It will continue uh, whatever the nature of the, 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 the sport is. We, we've been through. We have literally been through fire, uh, and we always come out the other side, and we always come out stronger. Arguably not strong as we were fifty years ago, but we're a very very strong club. And um, um, long may that continue. Yeah, absolutely. And Jake, uh, finally, come to you. Hopes and fears for the club or, or for grassroots rugby going forward? Yeah, I think a fear for grassroots rugby is there's been a lack of money generated by the big England fixtures and, and a lot of that money goes towards grassroots rugby. And I think rugby does have a problem at the moment with representation. And that's not just us with touching on what Lucy said, with female representation in the sport, um, kind of openness with race, sexuality. And I don't think rugby does enough to ensure that everyone has a, a good opportunity to get involved in the sport. And I absolutely love playing rugby. I've got some of my, my best mates through rugby clubs in London and back home. And I know if more people were 
given an opportunity to play it, whether it's because of their kind of socioeconomic uh, situation or because they don't feel like they're going to be going into an open environment. Um, I just feel like there's so many more people could enjoy rugby for what it is, which is an absolutely fantastic sport. So I just, that's my only concern that with that loss of revenue, those initiatives around that are going to struggle. But, but yeah, I think um, going into 2021, like, the club is in a good place. And I think everyone, I know I'm just excited to just get back playing on the weekends with the lads, having a bit of a laugh, having a drink. And I understand it's not going to be exactly how it was 18 months ago, but but I don't think it's going to be long until we're we're back doing what we love and, yeah, with the people that we're really close with. Yeah, here, here. It's going to be hopefully not too much longer. Uh, but I want to thank you all for joining, Mike, uh, Lucy, Stefan and Jake. Uh, Mike, just give us a quick rundown. Where can we find more information on, on Beck Old Boys? Um, number of places. So we've got uh, we've got our own website. So just typing Beck Old Boys in uh, in Google it takes you directly to our website, which has got all the information about what we're doing um, and if you want to get involved in the club and how to contact our email. Um, we've got a Facebook page as well where we uh, we put a lot of our uh, news that are coming up, um, and we've got an Instagram page as well uh, that's monitored monitored by our social team. Which yeah, basically all these um, all these areas just have everything about back old boys so whatever whichever avenue you take you're going to get information about the club and you know you'll be directly in touch with uh, the recruitment committee as well because we're all we're all kind of very very linked to that so as soon as people jump on they'll get an instant message within the same day maybe even within, within the hour that's how quick we try and snap as many as many people who have any sniff of back old boys we're like right we want you down down and that's <laughs> uh, and lucy how can people get in touch with the, the bells yeah, exactly what uh, what Mike has said, which is basically logging on to Facebook, Instagram. We've got our own page. We do a lot of our post-game reports on there as well. So you'll see a lot of the history um, from the bells of what we've been playing over the year. But yeah, if you email, WhatsApp, Facebook, you name it, it comes through to one of us and, and we respond to it pretty much immediately. Social, special place. Brilliant. Mike, Stefan, Lucy, uh, uh, Jake, I think it's just for some reason popped off. Hang on, there we go. Let's pop him back in. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> great but Mike, Lucy, Jake, Stefan thank you all so much for joining me tonight uh, thank you all for watching don't forget to go to rugbystore.co.uk use the promo code FYBpod for 10% off and yeah I hope you see you again next week uh, thank you all for joining us cheers, Thanks, John. cheers. Huge thanks again to Beck Old Boys and Beck Bells RFC for coming onto the show. Don't forget you can watch the video of these shows on our Facebook and YouTube channels. Visit our website fybrugby.com for all the details. Thanks once again to our friends at Rugby Store for supporting our show. Check out rugbystore.co.uk and enter the promo code FYBPOD at the checkout for 10% off your order. I would love it if you could subscribe, like and share our show with everyone you know. Your support of the show has been amazing so far, so let's make 2021 a huge year for grassroots rugby. For all the information on Philly Boots, please visit fybrugby.com. My name's Sean Phelan, and you've been listening to the Philly Boots Rugby Roundtable.